Chapter Eight of Thoughts Are Things by Prentice Mulford. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Andrea Fiore. Chapter Eight: Museum and Menagerie Horrors. A menagerie of beasts and birds means a collection of captured walking and flying creatures, taken from their natural modes of life, deprived permanently of such modes, and suffering more or less in consequence. The bird, used to the freedom of forest and air, is imprisoned in the most limited quarters. Its plumage there is never as fresh and glossy as it is in its natural state. It does not live long. The captive life of the many species brought from the tropics is very short, especially of the smaller and more delicate species. Bears, lions, tigers, deer, wolves, and all other animals like liberty and freedom of range, as well as man. In the menagerie they are deprived of it. The air they breathe is often fetid and impure. To the burrowing animal, earth is as much a necessity and comfort as a comfortable bed is to us. The captured burrower is often kept on a hard-board floor, which, in its restless misery to get to its native earth, it scratches and wears away in cavities inches in depth. Monkeys by the thousand die prematurely of consumption, because forced to live in a climate too cold and damp for them, and no amount of artificial heat can supply the element to which they have been accustomed in air of their native tropic groves and jungles. Seals are kept in tanks of fresh water, when salt water is their natural element. Their captive lives are always short. There is no form of organized life, but is a part and belonging of the locality and latitude where in its wild state it is born. The polar bear is a natural belonging of the Arctic regions. The monkey is a belonging and outgrowth of tropical conditions. When either of these is taken from the climes native to them, and out of which they do not voluntarily wander, pain is inflicted on them. Go to a cheap museum now so plentiful, and regard the bedraggled plumage and apparent sickly condition of many of the birds, natives of distant climes, imprisoned there. You see them but for an hour. Return in a few months and you will not find them. What has become of them? They have died, and their places are supplied by others likewise slowly dying. The process of captives so to suffer and die prematurely never ceases moving into these places. Ships are constantly bringing them hither, an army of men distributed all over the world, and ranging through the forests of every clime, is constantly engaged in trapping them. For what reasons are all these concentrations of captured misery, now to be found in every large town and city of our country? Simply to gratify human curiosity? Simply that we may stand a few minutes and gaze at them behind their bars? What do we then learn of their real natures and habits in these prisons? What would be learned of your real tastes, inclinations, and habits were you kept constantly in a cage? Is the gratification of this curiosity worth the misery it costs? If a bird wooed by your kindness comes and builds its nest in a tree near your window, and there rears its brood, is not the sight it affords from day to day worth a hundred times more than that of the same bird, deprived of its mate and shut up in a cage? Is in its freedom you study its real habits and see its real and natural life, feel more and more drawn to it by the tie of a common sympathy, as you would evidenced in that life so much that belongs to your own? 
Like you, it builds a home. Like you, it has affection and care for its mate. Like you, it provides for its family. Like you, it is alarmed at the approach of danger. Like you, it nestles in the thought of security. Yet so crude and cruel still is the instinct in our race, that the ruin of the wild bird's home, or its slaughter or capture, is the ruling desire with nineteen boys out of twenty as they roam the woods, and cultured parents will see their children leave the house equipped with the means for this destruction without even the thought of protest. End of chapter 8 Recording by Andrea Fiore